0: Thank you.
1: CEO Money and Michael Yorba. thanks for joining with us. I have Yoram Solomon with me today. He is the founder of Trust Building Institute. But we're not here just to talk about the books. But Yoram, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me again. You're
1: welcome. Tell us about the books, and then I want to talk to you about wireless and USB three.
0: Well, the reason I brought this uh, these three books specifically out of eleven that I published is because there are pieces of the story we're going to talk about today the story of USB 3 that are in different books different aspects of that story so that's why i brought them okay
1: let's talk about your involvement in the wireless business and then the USB 3.
0: so my wireless involvement actually specifically with the wi-fi industry started in 98 when i moved from Israel to Silicon Valley i joined a little company that started developing products based on technology called spread spectrum which was just allowed by the FCC to be used in commercial applications. And um, the company was focused on very, very vertical industries uh, oil drilling, gas, under, uh, underground gas tanks, and so on. Uh, and I came in and I wanted us to go more horizontal. I wanted us to, to focus on standards. And there' was three standards that uh, were being worked on back in '98, late '98, early '99, and I placed the bets on all those three and got the company to agree. And the three of them were HomeRF. Are you familiar with HomeRF? Mm-hmm. No, you're not. Nobody is familiar with HomeRF. HomeRF is dead for a long time. The other two I was a little more successful with because those were Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. They were not called or Wi-Fi was not called Wi-Fi It was still 802.11b at the time, but I joined uh, the Wi-Fi Alliance. Uh, My first experience was getting a Wi-Fi card, installing it in my own laptop and starting to use it. And when I started using it, when I realized that I'm enjoying it, I realized that everybody else will. Uh, We worked through changing the name of the standard from 802.11b to Wi-Fi and that's uh, that's how it all started. Tell me about the USB 3. I'll tell you about USB three. Great question. So uh, this this started. I, I moved from California. Actually, I joined Texas Instruments when I was still in California. My office was up in Santa Rosa. I lived in Sunnyvale. It's a hundred mile commute each way. And as soon as I joined, my wife asked, uh, "Are you gonna? Are we going to have to move to Dallas?" And I said, "Oh no, that's not going to happen." <laughs> One year, five months later, they offered me to be the general manager of a hundred million dollar business unit, uh, Consumer Electronics Connectivity, but we had to move. So we moved here in 2003 and I managed that business unit for about a year, just over a year. And what I realized pretty quickly is that I don't enjoy running a business. What I do enjoy is looking at the future and seeing what's next. And so I went to my boss and I said, uh, look, uh, You know, I I really appreciate you bringing me over here to run that business. But uh, that's not what I excel in. And what I excel in is finding what's next. And so if you don't mind, I'd like to be the strategist for our three business units, our group of three business units. And like every good uh, boss, she said no. And it took about a week until I managed to, uh, we talked about that more and more and more. And eventually she said yes. And this is where the first part of the USB 3.0 story starts. And that uh, first part actually is covered in this book, The Bowling with the Crystal Bowl. Because uh, I started looking at what's next in connectivity. And the first thing that I realized is that you need to know where technology is going to be. Not a year out, not three years out, seven years out. Because this is typically the life cycle of developing a new product. The, the first patents for the iPhone that was released in 2007, I think were filed in 2000 or 2001. So there's a long cycle. So how do you know where technology is going to be seven years out? And I started uh, doing my research, uh, doing technology trends. And what I found, surprisingly, was the technology, as aggressive as it moved, was very, very predictable. It was on a very straight line. Logarithmic, but straight line. Do you think it's still that way? It is. It still is that way. And and one of the things, one of the first things that I did in this book is try to understand why. So I interviewed people, um, including people who represent the U.S. in an international organization that plots the uh, roadmap for semiconductors, you know, the new processes and all and I interviewed people who were on top of their flash memory industry, and hard disk drive industry, and camera industry, and everything. And what I found was that they actually already plotted those lines, and all they're working on now is just figuring out what are the hurdles and the barriers that the industry needs to cross in order to stay on that line. So if you know that they started with this line, and they're going to do everything in their power to stay in this line, that line becomes very predictable. And so uh, I started thinking, you know, where are hard disk drives going to be? And I remember this was 2004, 2005, when I went to people around me and I said, you know, by 2012, we're going to have a hard disk drive that's going to have two terabytes and it's going to cost under $100. Now, at that time, all you had was 160 gigabytes that would cost $300. And so everybody told me that I was crazy. It's not gonna happen. You're not going to have a hard disk drive with two terabytes for under $100. Besides, who needs it? And I said, this is not the question to ask. The question is not who needs it. The question is, what are the opportunities when that happens? And started looking at the opportunities and what I realized is that the bottleneck, if, if I look at our own industry, the consumer electronics connectivity or specifically connectivity. So my business unit was in charge of 1394 Firewire, uh, USB, ultra wideband, HDMI, DVI at the time. Uh, so the opportunity for me was we're going to have so much more content on a device that is outside of a computer that the bottleneck is going to be USB 2. USB 2 is not enough. I wrote the business plan, I wrote the case. The only thing is that everything USB starts and dies at Intel up in Oregon. And Intel had no plan of doing USB 3. Is that why you left? I actually, I did not leave. I did not leave at that time. So I, I'm still in Texas Instruments, and I flew over to uh, Intel to try and convince them. So first meeting, they said, we're not going to do USB 3. We have no plans for USB 3. Why not? And they said, well, we're going to do uh, external serial ATA, so kind of the uh, the disk drive uh, interface, but we're going to make it internal, external. And I started convincing them that you know, devices are becoming smaller and smaller. We don't we're not looking for yet another connector on your laptop or on your phone. We're looking for backwards compatibility. It took three flights over to Hillsboro, Oregon to convince them that they need to do USB 3. Once I convinced them, the next question was, uh, okay, so um, how do we do this? We don't have the resources. We're, we're under resource right now to work on USB 3. So I said, don't worry about it, I got the resources, which is bull, because I had nothing. And remember, I'm no longer a general manager, so I don't have anybody reporting to me. But I made them a promise that within a month, we're gonna come back with a prototype. And we're gonna show them that we can run USB 3. And sure enough, um, I went back, I talked to my boss, I said, look, we have this, we have an opportunity to be the first semiconductor company to actually set the standard for USB 3. And she said, but I can't uh, release the resources. So what are we going to do? Well, (laughs) that was kind of a deflating moment. And uh, she said, we can talk to my boss, who was a senior VP at the company. Let's do that. So, you know, she came back and she said that we scheduled an appointment with him. Great. When? 11 a.m. September 5th. I said, but we're in July now. This is not something that's going to wait for six weeks. We need to have the appointment like this week, because I promised Intel that we're coming back with a prototype within a month. Not six, week, not six weeks until we have the meeting. Anyway, uh, she said, I'm, I'm sorry, I did my best. I said, do you mind if I go there and, and have scheduled it myself? knock yourself out so i went there i went uh, to his uh, suite over there at ti and uh, i saw his uh, assistant and i asked uh, is he in i saw the door was cracked open yes he's in uh is he on the phone she looked at her phone no he's not um and i walked straight into his office And so she jumped to stop me, but the thing is, there is no way she's going to go around her desk to stop me, I'm already in. So I got in there, I asked him, uh, do you have, uh, can can we meet to talk about USB 3? He said, well, I thought we scheduled something. I said, sure, six weeks out. Um, How about tomorrow? He looks at his calendar, he goes, no, you know what? I have, uh, I'm back to back, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and then I have to fly, I'm flying out of the country said, how about 7 a.m.? So he looks at me and he said, well, I'll be here if you will. We're meeting tomorrow at 7 a.m. So we met at 7 a.m. The next day I showed my case, my business plan, what we're going to do. This is going to be a $533 million for Texas Instruments over the next three to five years. It's it's significant business. And he asked me, do we have a customer that's uh, asking for it? And I'm thinking, you know, for all the questions, I said, no, we don't, because nobody knows that anybody is even thinking about USB 3. And he said, come back when we have a customer. That to me was a very, very discouraging point. And I went home and I said, I'm, I'm, that's it, I'm writing my resignation letter. But I have this rule, never write a resignation letter at night. Write it in the morning when you're fresh and you can use long words. Okay. So I get up the next morning and instead of writing a resignation letter, I decided, you know what? Instead of writing that letter, I'm going to do USB 3. So I went to the three engineers that I knew could make it happen. And I went to them and I said, look, I need you to work with me on USB 3. I need you to put together a prototype. And they go, you don't have to convince us. Talk to our boss. I said, I did. And they said, well, she said, no. Well, talk to her boss. I said, I did. And he said, no, Said so here's the deal. In order to work on this, this has to be off the books. You can't do that at the expense of your day job. You can't tell anyone because you'll get in trouble and I can't bail you out. Little did I know that to an engineer, that's a value proposition. I got them to work on it. Three weeks later, we all went on a plane and we demonstrated how we run 10 times the speed of usb 2 on a usb 2 14 foot cable and as they say the rest is history good that's a really good story
1: um i wanted to to find the the center of that so once you've got that to that point where did you go next
0: well so now, we're working on it and uh, it's, it's starting to work, it's showing signs of life, and we got an agreement with Intel. Uh, at some point, management had to catch up uh, and say, okay, we are doing this, we, we are committed, and it looks like this is going to be an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Of course, at that time, I, I stopped, personally, I stopped for a second and I asked myself, what, what just happened here? So first of all, the process, the process of predicting technology trends and finding the opportunities, that was a process that I thought was worth writing about. And this is how I wrote Bowling with a Crystal Ball. Mm -hmm. By the way, that book had chapter 18. Chapter 18 was after I described the entire process of why technology is predictable. How can you predict technology? After all of this, chapter 18 was called Putting It All Together, The Story of USB 3. Except that Intel has not announced USB 3 yet. Everything was still being worked, behind the scenes in a small group of promoters. And so I asked Intel, uh, when are you going to announce it? Are you going to announce it in September? Because September was um, typically when Intel announces things or in September and February during the Intel developers forum. Don't know. How about February? Don't know. I said, well, I'm not going to announce for Intel in my book. So I took chapter 18 out, published the book in August without that chapter. Intel announced in September. (laughs) So since then, I got uh, book number two out, uh, or the second edition of that book. But there's a second part to that story, and the second part is really what happened within our company. And the fact that my boss said no, her boss said no, and yet I went ahead and did that, and I had three engineers working with me on that. That is told, that, that part of the story I told more in Culture Starts With You, Not Your Boss, and now you see why the title for that book, because that really is what happened. When we think of a culture of innovation in our company, we think of something that management is responsible for. Right. Right? Management drives culture. The message that I try to convey in, in that book is that culture really starts with you you don't have to wait for management to create the culture so i can give you the autonomy to try things if i'm the ceo i can give you i must give you the autonomy to try things and fail for you to take the accountability and do your part but it can actually it's it's a cycle you can actually start that cycle you can take accountability you can take risks before i give you that autonomy and those risks when they pay off This is what's going to buy my autonomy that I give you. Well put. Thanks for being a guest on the show. Thanks for having me again, Michael.
1: You're welcome. All right, you've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel.